Good morning, podcast listeners. This is The Commute. We're trying to have Michael Zeke join us for a very special edition of The Commute. I'm not sure if this is going to work. He's probably still asleep. So let's buckle up and begin our journey to a world of pure imagination. So we're going to record, and I don't think Zeke will be joining us. Um, so there's a new app called Ringer, R-A-N-G-R, where it records the audio from both parties, and then as soon as the call is completed, uploads each individual user's recording and merges them automatically so that even if while you're streaming the audio is real crap, uh, the final version is very good. And I think that's a brilliant use, not only of cloud services, but of interconnected devices. I think people underestimate the power of these things they carry around with them all the time. And uh, outsourcing that is almost like um, Uber for podcast recording. Because everyone likes to say it's the Uber for this thing. But the thinking there is that why have two people go to a studio when they're carrying around a good enough microphone on them and trying to record a phone call in a studio is not as good as having each of them record the highest quality audio and having a cloud service combine the two. And I, you just get a download from Amazon Web Services, so I'm sure it costs them 10 cents in processing power, and then they charge 20 bucks a month uh, for their service, which is... 20 bucks more than we currently pay for podcast hosting. So I wonder how long before their business model changes, but I also think they're going to get a bunch of free advertising because it's such a good idea. I also wouldn't be surprised if Google bought them out or if Skype or someone uh, came up with a similar idea with a obviously slightly different algorithm or whatever so that they can uh, make use of the same thing. Now, here's the problem with Michael's joining us. Uh, it is six in the morning there, which is about an hour or two before he wakes up because he lives in Los Angeles and Los Angeles works 10 to seven. And he, uh, you know, he's a busy, important man. He was probably out on many dates last night. He's very charming and handsome. You can find him on Tinder, ladies, or effeminate men. I don't know what Zeke's into. Uh, not trying to, anyways. Um, so I don't think he's going to be joining us, but to follow up on the ringer thing, I think, uh, you could get similar results with video. I think there are attempts at similar things. It's funny. I was talking to a buddy who his app is basically, um, a lot of Snapchat filters, a lot of people had that same idea to do fun things with video right on your phone, which is cool. It's a cool mix of Snapchat's processing power and your phone's processing power. And uh, it sort of evolved into this Twitter timeline of joining conversations and recording video in response to events and, you know, hashtags on Twitter rather than just the fire hose that is people uploading stuff to Twitter, which... I had to inform him is Dips, a very similar idea that Funny or Die had. For some reason, Funny or Die limited it to a second and a half, and I don't know uh, how Dips is doing these days, but it's interesting to watch people have... There's a term for it in evolution where simultaneously the same trait evolves 
not from the same evolutionary line where because there are the same environmental pressures you can get people solving the same problem in different ways so i'm sure no one stole these ideas from anyone but it is people solving the same idea at the same time and that's part of why i don't feel the need to san francisco part of me deep down in my soul still feels like i need to save the world but there are so many people working on so many solutions to so many problems I figure the nerds will handle it, you know? I can tend to my little walled garden and uh, do what I can in my community, as long as this guy doesn't drive into traffic. And that's okay. Be the change you want to see in the world. Think global, act local. Uh, just do it. Do you want fries with that? I'm very funny, in case you haven't noticed, but... Uh, so the reason I keep wondering if Michael is going to join us is because I have the app open and it still says connecting, uh, which is nice because it's keeping my screen on, but uh, it's very distracting to wonder if it's changing into connected. Uh, so Michael, if you do join, please yell and we will conference you in, I guess. I don't know how this thing works. So the commute is an interesting experiment because Michael and I both agree that we're getting better at not having ums in our speech and it's interesting to think how people are saying oh English is going to shit because kids these days use so many abbreviations but they are writing constantly and communicating constantly and I think we're very quickly going to see a very talented young crop of uh, writers and authors and communicators and videographers and directors who have had these tools with them forever and I think my generation which I'm not even sure we have a term although everyone says that all the time I think the Millennials will wind up being forgotten except for a couple of Zuckerbergs because the people coming up after Zuckerberg have him as a role model to say oh I don't need anyone's permission in fact I can take the rich bully kids idea and build it if I can build it and you know what? They can't build Facebook because I built Facebook. So there's a uh, libertarian streak to the internet I don't love, but within that, uh, the conservative idea of I built this is actually really empowering and strong and useful. And I'm excited to see what people build, not just by themselves because we're in a society, but anyone who builds, you know, a better mousetrap then allows a clothing factory to have fewer mice. And it all builds on each other and comes together as a society. And that's really the goal of capitalism, you know? Working together so that we all can... All, uh, rising tide lifts all ships. Uh, rising wind lifts all skirts. I don't know. Sometimes I try too hard to be funny and it just comes off as sexist. And I used to have a huge problem with that because to me, I thought that sexism and racism were so funny as concepts because how ludicrous because of course we're all equal and I would say most women I know are smarter and harder working than I certainly am almost every single one of them and honestly the same goes for every minority I know they've overcome as much as I have and I haven't done much sorry they've obviously overcome far more than I have and I have not accomplished much and they have I mean, I know people with their own friggin' TV shows and stuff who are just very smart and talented and hardworking and charming and funny and I'm totally 
acceptable. And to think that it's some sort of affirmative action or reverse sexism that gets these people into positions. No, they work their asses off, and I've seen it. And it is, uh, point being, I used to make jokes assuming everyone came from that position. And it turns out uh, there's a little bit of, uh, there's, a, there's a term for it. Um, on the internet, when you confuse satire and stupidity, I was being satirical, and some of the people who liked those jokes were just idiots, who were like, yeah, that is how that works. I had this bit about Hillary Clinton where it's just unfair that she is a woman because she's clearly the best, one of the best politicians we've seen in forever. And, man, this rain is a little dangerous to drive in. That's fine. Let's just pass this guy. We'll be fine. Um, and I could never get it to not sound sexist when what I meant was, oh my god, if she were a man, she would have accomplished even more, which still sounds sexist. It's just there are these expectations about how she dresses and, you know, following up in the legacy of her husband. And it's like, no, she's just a good politician. Why does any of that stuff matter? People talking about her hair, and it's like, look at Bernie Sanders' hair. Man. So I don't know. I do think there is forward progress on all these fronts. It is just slower than I expect. But I think the generation after us will be so attuned to it. And people hate on Tumblr for these social justice warriors. Uh, can you believe that transgender people want to use the bathroom that they feel comfortable in? Yeah, yeah, we can believe that, actually. These perceived threats and Fox News fear-mongering. And look, all news is a little guilty of the fear-mongering because it's what gets clicks. There are so many studies that bad news drives the eyeballs. And, you know, maybe that's a correlation, not causation thing. Maybe people who want to tune into bad news are more likely to tune in than people who want to tune into good news. Uh, but that's a classic Green Lantern, Yellow Lantern thing, is hope and willpower a more powerful emotion than fear. Uh, and I think stories are the way people communicate, and I promise this isn't off topic. We now have access to so much great content, and I do think we're in a content bubble of sorts. I will hope that it continues, but it requires my usual refrain, some sort of universal basic income to allow artists to simply create because within every niche there is now a great piece of content that is aware of all these issues and I read every day about something I didn't notice in Harry Potter about treating people with respect and dignity and giving Dobby a sock and then friendship and I'm tearing up just thinking about it. Man, Harry Potter is good. But the glut of stories just allows people to find something that resonates with them and makes them better people. And I think that's another benefit to the generation below us. Even crappy fanfiction, even writing crappy fanfiction, you hear these stories of, like, Ronda Rousey started out on a Pokemon fan blog, but she felt there were people like her who supported her, and she kept following in the judo that she was doing at the time into the martial arts and 
kind of became a household name because she was great at it. I don't know, there's just something about being able to find people like you that is underrated. And there was this great piece about uh, a guy from North Dakota went back to his high school 20 years later. And what had changed was that it didn't no, it no longer felt like, well, one, the grunge of the 90s, but two, I have to escape this bubble. People wanted to stay there because they felt like it was part of a community. And maybe they were lying to themselves and they were scared of getting out, but they could see the rest of the world and still decided, like the Amish going on Rumspringa, oh, I get it, now I'm gonna go back to where I feel like I belong. And there's something really nice about that, and that's a running theme I'll have for these commutes, as Zeke reports from Los Angeles, and I report from Grand Rapids, Michigan. You know? Everything's gonna be okay. Go, uh... Go where your people are. And, uh, you know, these aren't quite my people yet, but this little conservative town is becoming more understanding as the world becomes more understanding. And everything's gonna be alright. Or, you know, I'm gonna die in a car crash because I'm a terrible driver and it's raining. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, that's also alright. So, I'm sorry Michael didn't join us. We'll maybe schedule one for tomorrow where I'll actually call him and wake him up. But, uh, this has been The Commute. I hope you got something out of it. Or, uh, not. You know, I'm not making money off this. I don't care what you do. I enjoy talking. Weird. Okay. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. Peace.